On this edition of Across College Lacrosse, we had another busy Saturday, which is always expected. Now, Virginia losing a 9-2 lead to Hopkins, Syracuse being the really good Syracuse and beating Duke by a goal in Durham, the Patriot League doing its own Patriot League things and eating itself alive with Army, Lehigh, and Loyola all losing in the week, and Notre Dame hanging by a thread, beating Ohio State by a goal. Uh, We'll have that. We'll have my poll for this week's top 20, the ongoing situation with Virginia Tech and their women's team, and what happened Saturday night, as well as midweek picks and maybe another additional topic. We'll we'll see. you got to listen to if we do do that. This is another edition of Across College Lacrosse. Hey, hey, welcome everybody to episode number 16, sweet 16, of Across College Across. I am your host as always, Chris Dostremski. Thank you for joining us on our latest episode. We have a lot to go over, especially with this weekend. Um, first of all, Markel Fultz played. We're recording right after the Sixers and Markel Fultz returned. Big win for the Sixers, beating the Nuggets. Carson Wentz is ahead of schedule. Uh, the Flyers are in playoff contention. The Phillies start on Thursday. Scott Kingery's going to make the opening day roster or whatnot. But we're here not talking about Markel Fultz. We're here to talk about college cross, and that's why you listen and subscribe to our podcast. You either follow us through SoundCloud, subscribe through iTunes, TuneIn, or Stitcher, or on our website, thecollegecross.com, to listen. So thank you for doing that. Please, if you also do the iTunes way, subscribe, as we just said. But also give us five-star reviews because they go a long way. Currently, we have about still seven reviews, and well, ratings, and then still two reviews. So if you have a very good review and you want to review it, which you probably should, we highly recommend you do so. Write a five-star review and we'll read it on a future episode. So, Sweet 16 on the episode, we have a lot of games to go over. We'll do that right now with the Saturday games. Hopkins beating Virginia 15-13. to We'll actually start right there as a game that will highlight a big win for the Blue Jays, who were down 9-2 at halftime. It did not look good for the Hop early on, and it appeared that maybe... They were back to inconsistent hop at, with a 5-2 and two record, maybe going to go 5-3, and three, but all changed with the second half, and it definitely changed for the better. Uh, Kyle Marr ended up having four goals and one assist uh, and a nice little behind-the-back goal that made Sports Center. Joel Tinney broke some kids' ankles, two goals and three assists. Brock Turnbaugh, the only Blue Jay you could say that was that played very consistent throughout, 10 saves, only giving up 13 goals against against the Cavaliers. Docs Aiken had a career high in six goals. Ian Laviano had a hat trick. And then Michael Krause doing Michael Krause things. Two goals, five assists. And they were the only three players that recorded multi, had multi-point games. With Alex Rode making 14 saves, he started. Good move by Virginia to decide Alex Rode might be a good, our best goalie, so we'll start him. Now, granted... 
He didn't get the result that he wanted, a loss over Hopkins, a loss over Cusa when he started in that game. But I think Alex Rode is definitely the better of the two goals between him and Griffin Thompson. But wow, that Virginia defense somehow letting up, what, 13 goals in the second half? They were up seven, and they lost by two. And uh, Virginia, by the way, you need a still an ACC win, buddy. Uh, and they have a few coming up after their weekend game against Richmond on Saturday at North Carolina, which is probably their best bet and more than likely the game that will decide the fifth and fourth place, probably fifth place at least, team in the ACC. That game is at North Carolina, however, so it could be something bad for Virginia since it's on the road. Then they have Duke that following week on the 14th, and if they don't win any of those two games, they are out. Yikes. Uh, Vermont after that, and then the VMI game after the ACC tournament. And it looks like maybe there is no fifth place ACC game. Maybe, they was joking when the season, the schedule came out, maybe Virginia already decided, hey, we're probably not going to win another ACC game, so we'll just schedule VMI as our fifth place game the Tuesday after the tournament. <laughs> Which would be really ironic if that comes true. And, it, and Virginia right now has a decently good uh, schedule and resume with their win over Loyola as their best win. Princeton's an okay win. But other than that, you don't have a good win. I mean, you could get one with Richmond, who could be a fairly decent win, uh, along with the Princeton win. But then North Carolina, you'll need to win that. And even though they lose that, yeesh. Duke, you will have to win that. Vermont would be a quality win. I'm not sure if Virginia makes it to the tournament again this season. It would be nice to see them. They are definitely a top 20 team, but the conference win will be big. You you go over in conference play, it doesn't really bode well for your chances and even missing out on the conference tournament. Look at Rutgers last year. They looked like they were a team that was going to make the tournament, but then they didn't win a they didn't make the Big 10 tournament and they lost a chance to make the NCAA tournament. Meanwhile, Hopkins looks strong. But they do have a big test coming up with Big Ten play starting at Rutgers on Sunday. That will be a fun one down in Piscataway. And Rutgers is always really, really good at home. They are a dom they are a different team at home when it's when instead of on the road. And for Rutgers, they have they beat Delaware by the way, fifteen ten. Three of their Big Ten games are home. Two of them, Ohio State and Maryland, are on the road. They could go four and one if they win their home games and they beat Ohio State, which I think they easily could. Maryland will be an interesting game because that game will be at College Park. The Big Ten is wide open, even with Maryland. Yeah, Maryland. You have Hopkins. I would think. I would think they're the top two teams, and even put put in uh, Rutgers as t- at the uh, number three. Penn State, I don't know who they are. Ohio State, they've been slumping. Michigan, they've been really good, seven and two. Coming off a nice couple of wins, few wins, handful of wins the past week. Marquette, Notre Dame, and UMBC. 
They play Maryland, however, to start off Big Ten play at home. Imagine how big of a win that would be for Michigan if they beat Maryland at home in their Big Ten opener. That says a lot. And, I mean, even beating Notre Dame says a lot. But beating Maryland at home to start off Big Ten play, getting their first Big Ten win since the Big Ten actually started to be the Big Ten in lacrosse in 2015, even though some people said, hey, Michigan doesn't have a Big Ten win yet, they actually do. They are at Rutgers, then at Ohio State, home against Hopkins, at Penn State. So three road games isn't as good as what Rutgers has with the three home games. But I, I could see I could see Michigan over Penn State and Ohio State in the Big Ten tournament. Let's continue on our weekend recap. Holy Cross beating Quinnipiac 14-13. Shout out to our hitter Marissa and Jemmy reporting Friday afternoon that Judd Lattimore placed on administrative leave uh, from the Holy Cross program. They only had two assistants. We have no word on why, well, kind of official word on why Lattimore was let go. It seemed like he was pushing the players a little too hard and whatnot. Some locker room issues. But the Crusaders got a nice 14-13 win over Quinnipiac. That's their second win of the season, so maybe Lattimore gone helps the program. Detroit Mercy over Monmouth in a max showdown, 9-8 in overtime. Jacksonville over Bellarmine, 9-5. Hobart over St. Joe, excuse me, over Hobart, 6-5. Furman over VMI, 11-7. An interesting result here with UMass beating Brown, 14-12. Robert Morris crushing Mount St. Mary's, 15-5. They are on a roll since the season began. Yale over Princeton, 16-8. And speaking of the Ivy League, Cornell beating Penn 20-13 thanks to a huge, 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 huge fourth quarter run by the Big Red. With the Big Red scoring 12 of the last 15 goals in the game. I believe 9 in the fourth quarter if I'm correct. Either way, Jeff Teed had 6 goals and 2 assists. We were joking in the Q's locker room at the end that... Uh, Teat had 10 goals and 10 assists, which really didn't really surprise me as a joke because he is definitely capable of doing 10 to 10. Jake McCullough had also 8 points, 5 goals and 3 assists. Clark Peterson at 3 and 1. Cornell has scores. They have scores 100%. And not only do they have scores, they have a good goalie in a fifth year, a veteran, Christian Knight, who didn't have the best of games. Three saves, gave up 10 goals. Made way for... Calais Bullen, who made three saves and gave up three goals against a very good Penn offense with Tyler Dunn scoring a hat-trick again and Simon Mathias with 4-1. and one. Reed Junkin made 10 saves. This was a big game because it might decide who is second in the Ivy League. I'm assuming, we'll assume that uh, Yale will be number one in the Ivy League. They are a pretty good team. Harvard is interesting at 2-0 and as well. They could make the Ivy League tournament. Cornell and Penn, I see them as a two or three seeds either way. But with the win over Penn, Cornell helps their case in getting the second seed if, let's say, Harvard slumps or whatever. Penn might get the three seed now. Harvard is still up there. Don't forget about Harvard. They did win their game too on against Dartmouth in a close one. 
Uh, but Brown, Dartmouth, and Princeton have some work to do. Princeton especially, we were thinking that they would make their breakthrough season this year. That has yet to happen at all, even with Michael Sowers in an attack. I think he did, he had a bad game, if I'm mistaken, against Yale on Saturday. He only had a handful of play. He only had one goal, one assist. Austin Sims and Philip Robertson had two goals each for the Tigers, who were kind of dominated on defense and Ben Reeves at four points and Jackson Morrow at four points to lead the Bulldogs. But they do. Princeton does have Tyler Blaisdell who had 18 saves and he is an underrated goalie. But with their attack doing nothing and defense letting up 16 goals, it's not going to help you win games, especially in Ivy League play. Continuing our run. Bryan over Sacred Heart, 16-7. Richmond over High Point, 15-12. And then Marquette in overtime over Georgetown, 9-8. Big win for the Golden Eagles, who were 4-3. John Wagner with the overtime winner. He had four goals. Meanwhile, I'm going to shift my focus to Georgetown, who goes down to 6-2 on the season. Daniel Picaro had five goals, but... They lost to Drexel last week. They lose to Drexel. I mean, lose to Marquette this week. Is this the start of the snowball effect for Georgetown, where they lose to Drexel? Should have been a win. The Marquette loss hurts, and it doesn't get easier because they have Denver at home on Saturday. And Denver's usually a good team. Followed by that, Providence should be an easy game. Should be key word is. Then they are hosting Loyola on the 10th, followed by at Villanova on the 14th. NGIT and St. John's wrap up the season. They might not be able to make the Big East, which is a surprise considering how well they've done so far early in the season. Marquette is obviously at the top. You have Villanova who should be in. Denver should be in. Marquette could get in. And then all of a sudden you have St. John's who's been really, really hot this season. And they got a nice win over Hofstra. And then... Province probably won't be a factor because they have not looked good at all this season at three and six. Is Georgetown just a paper paper threat? Not really anything big? It appears that they might be. And if you even look at their schedule, only good win, I'd say, is Towson and Robert Morris. Robert Morris being their best win. One goal win. Towson, a two goal win. Everything else is eh. Drexel, they should have won, and Marquette, maybe they should have won, and they would be undefeated. If they were undefeated, a lot of things would change, and maybe they would have a, a significant grasp at a, a an at-large bid in the NCAA tournament come May. But that doesn't look like it will be the case this year. Uh, Penn State beating Cleveland State 16-5. Vermont over Binghamton 10-6. Canisius over Siena 13-12. Marist over Manhattan 12-4. And we'll get to the trio of Patriot League games right now. Bucknell over Loyola 12-11. Navy over Lehigh 10-7. And then Colgate over Army 5-3. Let's start with Loyola, who I think would be the top team in the Patriot League. Probably not any longer. Aiden Olmstead, great. He had two goals, four assists. But in the battle between Wall Sands and Pat Spencer, Wall Sands won that battle. Both of them had a goal, but Sands had double the assist of Spencer. Uh, Spencer had two goal, two assists. Saints at four, five points helped the Bison with the one goal victory over Loyola in that one down at Ridley, and a big one for the Bison. 
not a lot of people thought that the Bucknell Bison would make the Patriot League, probably think Patriot League tournament, but definitely at least as a contender to win the Patriot League. And the resume is kind of good. Richmond lost, Navy lost, Penn lost. I mean, they're they're kind of middle of the road losses. But I don't think they will be able to make a run at an at-large, even if they win for the rest of the season. Uh, that kind of goes the same for... It goes the same for a lot of the big Patriot League. Even though the bubble is weak, Loyola is 5-3. and three. Best win is Hopkins. Other than that, you lost to Virginia, Duke, and now Bucknell. That's not a good resume. I, I don't think that's a good resume. But we also don't know about RPI and strength of schedule, and et cetera, et cetera. I'm just looking at the schedules right now. And with that, we have a three-way tie with their loss, Bucknell's win, and Lehigh's win, and Navy beating Lehigh, actually. 4-1 and one on the season, the Patriot League. A three-way tie for the Patriot League. And as we go to Lehigh and Navy, is this time for Navy's turn to be actually legit? And is Lehigh now the paper tiger in this one? I don't think they are. They might have just had a bad game. I think Lehigh is going to be there in, in the next year as a very good quality team next year. Tristan Ray and Pettit coming back. But tough loss for the Mountain Hawks. They did not need they should they did not need to afford, they could not afford to lose a game like that and they did. Maryland uh, Navy on the other hand Improves to 5-4. and four. Best win of the season. Probably against Lehigh right now. Loyola was a good win. Excuse me, no. Bucknell was a good win. Loyola, they lost 50-9. Other notable results for Navy come on the 14th against Army. And then the week after that, they visit Syracuse. And then the other game, Army losing to Colgate Tennis. 8-6. Maybe is Army... Marmy seems that they might be in the same picture again as they were last year. They started out the season strong, and then all of a sudden they fade away. And especially in, in Patriot League play, uh, it's a doggy dog team, doggy dog lead league. And ever since the Rutgers win, the the Black the Cadets have alternated between wins and losses, with Rutgers, Lafayette, and Holy Cross being wins. Syracuse, Lehigh, Colgate, not that bad of losses. They are now losses, but they can't afford another loss, especially to Bucknell visiting them on Saturday. All right, we'll continue with our run with St. John's beating Hofstra 9-8. Boy, do the Red, Red Storm look good. Joe Madden have three goals. Jason DeBenedictus, Colin Duffy, and Declan Swartworld, each with two, goal, two points. Matt Hanley with... 12 saves on the day, stopping Dylan McIntosh and his six goals. He assumes to be the new alpha on this offense. Ryan Tierney with three assists as well. Jack Concanian making 10 saves in the win. St. John's is definitely close to being ranked. They are definitely close to being there too. I think they could make a run next season when they have a lot of their pieces back. They have some veteran leadership as well and some of the sophomores turning to juniors and whatnot. But Rutgers, a four-goal loss, and North Carolina was a one-goal loss. They probably should have won that game multiple times, but they never did. And then in between Hartford, High Point, St. Joe, Siena, Dartmouth, and Hofstra are all wins. So very good for St. John's to respect the game and respect the fact that 
there are some good players in the inner cities or in Catholics or African-American Catholic schools or whatever. Very, very strong performance by the Red Storm at 6-2, and two, and they are at Providence on Saturday. Now my game, actually, I think my game is a little bit after a couple. BU over Lafayette 12-8, and then Stony Brook over Hartford 10-8 as well. Cuse beating Duke 15-14. Now coming from the Cuse locker room, this was definitely the best game that the offense definitely played. Rafus grew a little. Brendan Curry grew a little. Tucker Dordovic grew a little. Everyone on the team grew a little bit in maturity. I know this team is young, and they still will be young just by looking at their class, but they are not inexperienced anymore, and I think this game really showed that a lot of these guys are not clicking. Maybe they have a better chance that they're starting to peak at the right time and whatnot. I'm excited to see where the Syracuse team goes. They have Notre Dame in the Dome, and then they have Hobart, Cornell, and those midweek games before they return to the Dome to host UNC, and then also Navy in the first final two regular season games before the ACC tournament. Brandon Bomberry at four points, all of them goals. Rafus had two goals, three assists. And what Rafus did was a perfect example of how he should be used as a quarterback on the offense. Syracuse is 4-3. They play Notre Dame on Saturday, while Duke hosts UNC on Friday in the annual Tobacco Road rivalry game. Other games, Dartmouth losing to Harvard 10-8. Denver off a questionable decision or questionable call late at the end of regulation by the refs to not allow a Colton Jackson goal, even though it was released before timer expired. Denver ended up winning anyways, thanks to Colin Rutan, 11-10, Ethan Walker with 5-1, Grant Maloof, Dylan Kinnear, Jake McLean, Matt Silvero, and Jean-Luc Chetner, each with two points as well. Good win for Denver, another bad win for, bad loss for Towson. Not really a bad loss, but uh, the fact that you start 3-5 and five against some really, really good teams doesn't say a lot about your team this year. Beating Mount St. Mary's, UMBC and Ohio State. Mm, I'll tone it down a little bit, buddy. But tone it down just a little bit. Out West. Actually, before we go out West, Air Force losing to Mercer 9-7. Michigan over UMBC 9-6. Navy over Lehigh, as we mentioned, 10-7. Villanova over Fairfield 13-12. Wagner over NGIT 7-5. UMass Lowell over, I mean, Albany over UMass Lowell 13-6. Rutgers over Delaware, 15-10. And then on Sunday, you also have Notre Dame over Ohio State and Providence 9-8. And then Drexel over Providence, 11-10. Now, Maryland had a fantastic game, dominated from the X, thanks to Connor Kelly and his four goals. Jared Bernhardt picked up a pace a little bit with 3-1. and one, And Dan Morris didn't have a lot of action, made seven saves. So there's your lacrosse update. Uh, there are a few others as well. A few, few, few others that cannot be made uh, fun of as well. Especially with Notre Dame and a few other teams as well have doing it in the past, not with their own team, but with other teams. So just take it with what you wish for, whatever. Notre Dame did not start Ryder Garnsey, as he has usually done, but
But he came in, scored two goals, and maybe Ryder Garns, he should play a lot more than he did last year. We'll see about that. Calendar-wise, three games on Tuesday. Binghamton hosting Siena. Air Force at Cornell. And Hobart at Canisius on Wednesday. Harvard is at Notre Dame. So that is a fun TV schedule on Wednesday and Thursday. Now let's go to our top tw- my top 20 at the very least for College Cross. And it goes a little bit something like this. And it's not the Disney Pixar thing. It goes a little bit something like this, if I can find it, which I should be able to find it. Uh, number one is still Albany. Number two is still Maryland. Is that really a question that we have to answer at this point? It's it's simple math and easily done. And then number three, I have Denver. Four is Yale. Five Hopkins. Six Duke. I mean, six Villanova. Seven Duke. Eight Rutgers. Nine Notre Dame. And then ten Robert Morris. And yeah, I have them over Cuse uh, and Loyola. I think that they can. They've had a lot of consistency as a team, and I would not bet my money against Matt Andrew McNinn and his crew this season with the Colonials. Eleven through twenty goes like Loyola, Syracuse, Cornell, Virginia, Michigan, Vermont, Lehigh, Harvard, Bucknell, and Army West Point. So there you go. That, my friend, are your. College Cross Top 20 for your week from your boy, me. Now, we have a big situation on our hands with Virginia Tech and their women's lacrosse program. So, if you haven't heard, Saturday after they went over Elon 14-12, to a few of the players decided on a Snapchat story by one of the players to say the N-word multiple times they're singing it and I don't think they mean meant any harm but obviously with any kind of racial word being used by a team that's all white except their coach who's Asian it doesn't go so well to say the least uh John Sung the coach at Virginia Tech after the incident happened released the following quote Following an away match on Saturday, a member of our squad posted a video to social media of the team singing along to a song that included many derogatory lyrics. That song from Lil Dicky and Chris Brown, Freaky Friday. I'm not sure in the first place why Coach allowed them to listen to the explicit version. Members of the VT Athletics Administration and coaches have met with the full team. We are engaged in conversations with the campus community to share our sincere apology. We have confidence that the team will learn from this mistake and understand that these actions reflect poorly on our program and do not represent the values of our program or the principles of the university. So a lot to, a lot to break down there with uh, the former actually with the former head coach at Elon, now coach at Virginia Tech. Uh, I don't think we'll hear any players and Probably this might die in a couple days or so when people forget. So there is that. Uh, Let's do something fun before we go to my midweek picks because there's only four games in the midweek this week. Three of them on Tuesday with one of them on Wednesday. So I came across this Disney Pixar, I believe, 32 movie bracket. Listing the greatest Disney and Pixar movies of all time from the 90s until now. One side you have Lion King, Tarzan, Lilo and Stitch, Hercules, Aladdin, Little Mermaid, Pocahontas, Mulan, whatever. I'm going to try and break these down. 
Uh, I'm taking the Lion King over Tar Tarzan. Lilo and Stitch over Princess and the Frog. Give me, uh, I guess, Big Hero 6. Although that looks like it's a playing match. No, it isn't. Uh, give me Big Hero 6. And also, I'm going to go Moana. I have not seen any of those four movies. Uh, Aladdin, in this case, over Hercules, followed by Pocahontas over The Little Mermaid. Mulan over Zootopia, and Nightmare Before Christmas over Beauty and the Beast. Second round, I am taking Lion King over Lilo and Stitch. I'm taking Moana. I am also taking... Uh, I'm taking Hercules, and then finally I'm taking... The Nightmare Before... Uh, the Mulan. Mulan has a tough battle with Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, the Sweet 16. Or Elite 8 on this side. I have Lion King moving on. And then I will also have Mulan. Give me the Lion King on one side. On the other side. I have Brave... Be up losing to... Up, excuse me. Beating Brave. Toy Story 2 beating the originator of Toy Story. Cars 2 or Coco. Toys three, Toy Story 3, we're going to the good dinosaur. Uh, give me a Bugs Life or Ratatouille. Finding Nemo over Inside Out. Monsters, Inc. over Cars. And The Incredibles over Wally. Next round, I have Toy Story 2 beating up. I have... Uh, I have... Cars 2 over Toy Story 3. Give me... Uh, Finding Nemo over A Bugs Life. And then also give me... Cars over... Yeah, we'll do cars. Give me cars over the Incredibles. Maybe that's the deal that they can easily say yes to. But either way, at the end, I have Toy Story 2 over the little the Lion King in the Disney Pixar Q Slacks bracket. So there you have it. The only bracket that you need to rely on for College Cross season is that one from Disney Pixar. Uh, let's go. We have actually really short this time around. 30 minutes right now we just reached. Let's go to our picks for this week. I want winners. And games. Four games in all. Sienna Binghamton at four. Binghamton almost put a game against Vermont on Saturday, but Vermont pulled out late and beat them by four. Give me Sienna in this one. Cornell hosting Air Force at five o'clock. I like Cornell in an easy game. I don't think we see a, a lot of notable stats from guys like Teeter Peterson or other guys. And then finally, seven o'clock, Hobart. At Canisius, give me Hobart in that one. And then Wednesday, Albany will, should crush Harvard at 7 o'clock at Casey Memorial Stadium. And with that, it's a little bit shorter than most pods, but we still get the same amount of info as you as we are provided. Uh, follow us forever, and stay hydrated out there, everybody. Bye, Felicia.